Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things the culture doesn't want to talk about. And that might scare you. Well, today we've got a special guest in like we do many days, but today is going to be a, a fun conversation because many people don't realize how we get our elected state leaders. So our, uh, our officials at the state level, and we've got, uh, we've got like the governor, you probably know kind of how that process goes. Uh, we've got U S senators and, um, but then we have, uh, we have these other offices like auditor and secretary of state and state treasurer that many people don't understand the process. So today we have a good friend of mine uh, down from uh, Morgan County. Uh, he's he's up from Morgan County. Uh, his name is Daniel Elliott. He is running for state treasurer here in Indiana. So Daniel, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Great I appreciate to have you, man. Yeah. No, thanks. I yep. appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to get out here and talk to you guys a bit. Yeah. So we want to kind of highlight you. I've known you for a little while. Uh, you, you played a big role in the convention in 2018. I'm, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, kind of, why don't you just kind of take us through your backstory a little bit and, and then what the heck does a state treasurer do? Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, obviously my, you know, I can, my backstory is actually a little different than most. Um, I, I do not come from a political family. I know my family knows nothing of politics, but, uh, when I was actually, it started and you haven't heard this story. So okay. you get to hear a new oh, one. Good. Nice. Um, it started back in the election of George Bush and Al Gore. 2000. And 2000. Yeah. And, uh, if you remember right, there was a big hanging chat issue. Hmm. And when that happened, I was working for a company. This was in the uh, the height of the dot com boom, and I'm a I'm a software engineer. I'm a geek, and uh, so this this geek and was working for a company, and uh, we were talking about some of the issues there, and we said, hey, you know what we need to do? You know, we obviously were Republican, um, but we were like, this this is a problem. There, we need people to get out there and just follow the law. Crazy concept, I know. Follow the law, um, <laughs> and so you know. But what was going on in the media? And gosh, surprise, surprise, the media wasn't being very friendly to Republican candidates. So what we said is, let's do something about this. We're going to build an app. This is before people use the word app, by the way. We're going to build something on the Internet because my playground is the Internet. I, I, that's where I started my career. That's what I still do. And we said, look, we're going to build an application where people can get online and they can sign and fill out, you know, hey, we support that you follow the law. Follow the law because George W. Bush, he was the one who was rightly elected. Just follow the law. And we were going to send this out to everybody. And who we were going to send it out to were all of the media throughout the country. Now, this is 2000. So at the time, everybody, including the editors, they put their emails out on their websites. They don't do that anymore. They kind of hide themselves, but they put their emails out there. So we create a database of all these emails. That took a lot of work. We had to do it by hand, but create a database of all these emails. And then we set it up so that people could get online, sign a petition. Pretty simple, straightforward, good old American, you know, um, principles here. Get out here, sign a petition, send it to the media and the world. And, we, and when people signed those petitions, it went immediately to everyone who was in the media, every major newspaper, every major political editor. Wow. So we were like, hey, this is just us doing our thing, trying to, to get out there and stand up for something we believe in. So we did that. 
Then we went to Thanksgiving dinner. It was about this time of the year. So we went all went to Thanksgiving, let it run for the weekend. That Monday morning when we get back to our office, we're getting emails up the wall. We're, we're on CNN because people are saying, wait a minute, they're spamming everybody. It's like, <laughs> we weren't spamming people. These were people. Listen to this principle. People would sign their document and send it himself. We just created an avenue yeah. where the average person could get out there and talk. That's how I got started in politics. That's now we cool. did change the, the algorithm. So they only got one email day after that, but they literally came in over Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> and their, their servers had crashed all oh these things gosh. because everybody was coming after them. So that's kind of how I got a, a, in my mind, Hmm, I'm a conservative. That's how I was raised. I'm a Christian. I kind of follow the Mike Pence ideas. I'm a Christian conservative Republican in that order. Mm-hmm. So I thought, hmm, I can help out with Republican issues here, with conservative issues here. So that's how I got started in politics as doing that. Now, fast forward many years in the future, I'm the county chairman in Morgan County, which means for the last decade, I've been helping Republic, conservative Republicans get elected. Morgan County, I'm not going to... I'm sure there's a couple of my friends who will disagree with me, but I consider us one of the most conservative counties in the state hmm. and uh, um, been helping. I've been local government for many years, I've built sewer plants, roads, bridges, the whole nine yards. And for me, that's that's how I got involved in government, because I said, hey, wait a minute, there's some needs here. I stepped up and said, can I help? And they're like, yeah, we need your help. And that's and then people elected me. Good old fashioned American system. You get in there, you say, hey, here are my ideas. People say, yeah, I like your ideas. I will vote for you. Mm. I win those elections. I won those elections, got involved and started doing some really neat things in my county. Um, Also, as a county chair, started helping people get elected. Um, Good conservative people across the board from somebody who's running for a local city council spot to people running for um, higher offices like governor or or um, congressman or senator, even, now I'm kind of proud of this one, even had a, during the, remember Nancy Pelosi was coming after Trump and trying to impeach him? We even did a rally on our own. We invited Trump, he didn't come. But <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff that we do, the, that I've been doing for a long time. And, and because I just feel that most of the time there are people who feel like we do about, about these issues, but they're either afraid to speak up or don't know how the process works yeah. so they don't get out there and do it. Mm. And so I've always kind of made it my point to help people figure out how, how, how it happens. That's yeah. awesome. So what, what exactly led you to want to run for treasurer? Well, that's interesting because as a county chairman, I oftentimes will look at and say, hmm, who, who, who's, who, am I, who am I going to support? And I do, we do know that uh, the Office of Treasurer is term limited. You only get two terms out, which I love term limits. Um, and I said, well, who, who am I going to get behind? So we started looking at the office and started realizing that most treasurers came from local elected office. And I thought, okay, well, who do I know who'd be good at this, at, at running the investments of the, of the county, or excuse me, not the county, the state, um, who's done this type of thing before? Of course, I look well. I've been a, I've been a county councilman. I've been president. I am president of the redevelopment commission. I had background in the financial side. Then I started learning more about the office and realizing, well, the treasurer's office actually helps run um, economic development projects through the Indiana bond bank, helping local governments build out their own infrastructure. 
So I said, wow, that's interesting. I've been doing that for a while. I, I got to find somebody who can do this because I've been doing that a while. Then I found out something really fascinating. The Office of, of the Treasurer has been instrumental in helping with cybersecurity issues in the state of Indiana. I'm, as I told you already, I'm a geek. I'm a software engineer. I've been coding for years. I have my own company. And I've been doing cybersecurity since before it was called cybersecurity. And I started realizing, wait a minute. If I was going to outline an office that I would be interested in, that my skill sets both from the private sector and the public sector yeah. would, would funnel into, I would have described the treasurer's office. And that's when I said to my wife, hey, honey, got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how that's how that's why I decided to run. You literally discovered <laughs> that awesome. the person that 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 would be great for this is you. Well, I don't know yeah. if I discovered. That's going to be up for the the delegates to decide if I'm the right person. Gotcha. But I I discovered that I have the background, and it would be a job where you know my person, my professional, my and my um, government background fit that very well. Now, ultimately, who gets to decide? That's the delegates. Mm -hmm. um, all I can do is go out there and say. Here I am. Here's my experience. Give me a shot. So let me uh, let me kind of jump in there. So you said the delegates are going to de decide. Now, that's a term that most Hoosiers aren't familiar with. When you go around talking to people about politics, state politics, and you say, you know, are you a delegate? And I'm like, what's a delegate? And how, like, what do we do? You know, so so walk us through that process. So you're you're trying to win delegate votes. Okay. But but most people are like, well, aren't you just going to be on the ballot? And won't I just see you when you when I go into the polls? And your response, you know, is what? Tell, walk us through kind of how that whole process works within within this uh, race you're in. Absolutely. So the fun thing about a delegate race is it's com it's, a, it's a convention race. It's completely different than what most people are used to. As as you mentioned, Micah, most folks are familiar with the idea of a primary. Primary, you say, hey, I'm you know. Governor is a perfect example. Somebody running for governor or running for Congress, they're running in a primary. They're going to they're going to say, "Look, I want to be your Republican nominee for this office." Mm -hmm. So what they do is, it, we, Indiana has open primaries. All somebody has to do is say, "I want the Republican ballot." They walk in as long as they're a registered voter. They walk in, they get that Repu and they say, "I want the Republican ballot." They get to vote vote in that Republican primary. And that's what most people are used to. And that is the precursor to the general. So I always tell people the primary is like you're picking your team to go out on the field in the big game, which is November. So the primary is May, and then you're picking your team. Who do you want your players to be? And then you send them into the big game in November, and that's when the Republicans and Democrats duke it out on the on the, on the field, right? So this is kind of almost like a, uh, a an audition process, or a uh, you know this is your your pre your pre game you know process, and so so that's the primary. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about a convention and convention. a delegate. Which is not the primary, exactly. So, yep. So walk us but through that. But they're related. So, okay. um, and and I'm, and I call the primary, the primary semifinals. Okay. You know, you have all multiple teams in the semifinals. You only have one team in the finals, mm -hmm. or one or two teams in the finals. Yeah. So, but they're related, and here's why: a delegate race, a convention race. In the primary, people, Republican voters, will choose their delegates. Now, most people are like, I don't remember doing that. Well, that's because it's way, 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 way down, down ballot. Way down it there. is the back page. So <laughs> page front, six. Yes. Out first of this. page president, then senators, then congressmen, so forth, so on. But the very last page are those delegates. 
So you have a situation where, frankly, a lot of people don't vote for delegates because they're like, I don't even know what this is. They move on. Yeah. Or, which is actually the more common situation, people don't actually run for delegate. Mm -hmm. There aren't enough people. So if there are, let's say in Hamilton County, you have 116 places, uh, 116 spaces for delegates, then there may only be 30 that run. Now, if that, you know, how do you determine how many delegates are in a race? That's important information. That's all dependent upon how many people vote in your primary for your secretary of state candidate. So you look at a county like Hamilton, you guys have a very good vote turnout plus a higher population. You have a lot of, of numbers. Uh, you have 116 people. Morgan County, we have about 27. Whereas 27 Monroe, delegates. 27 delegates. Okay. Whereas Monroe County, which is a much larger county than ours, has a, has about the same. Well, wait a minute. Well, it's because Morgan County has a very high population, high turnout for our delegates. We have a lot of people coming. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so all this background is to say the back of the page, the delegates, they're chosen in the primary. They are the ones who actually show up at convention. So if our primary is in May, they show up in convention in the middle of June. They're the ones who actually get to vote in the convention for your secretary of state, your auditor, your attorney general, your treasurer, and your lieutenant governor. Yep. So this is fascinating because most people are kind of like, how can I get involved? I know, I, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of appointments to delegate this year because I think people are super engaged right now. Exactly. I think there's going to be a lot of people running for certain offices. And and if so, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to get involved, I, I, I don't have time to run for an actual like office office, you know, where I'm serving for four years. Yeah, a delegate's a great place to start because it's not hard to win. There's usually so I when I ran for delegate and uh, I think my first time running for delegate was in 2014 maybe or 16. I can't. It might have been 16. And uh, there were probably I think in my district I think there were nine delegate spots open, and I think about 12 people were running. So that means nine out of the 12 people won. And I think. It's funny. I think Victoria Sparks was in that with me because we live in the same district, and she beat me in the delegate race. I, she was one, and I was two, just like she did in the congressional race. So <laughs> she's got. I got a bad record against running against Victoria, but uh, but anyway, it was it was it was Victoria. Then I think it was me, and then it was a bunch of other people down. And and I didn't even really. I didn't campaign. I didn't put out any signs. I just went down to the county clerk got the, signed my name up for it. And then in May, the primary came along and there I am on the ballot. And I ended up winning just because people knew me in the area. And, mm. and then I went to, I went into the convention. This was in 16 and I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest with you. It was kind of like, well, I'm here. I'm going to, and, and we elected Curtis uh, Hill uh, to be the AG candidate. Um, and then at the time we had the superintendent of education mm -hmm. uh, and we picked Jennifer McCormick and I knew from the moment she got up on stage, like this lady is not a Republican. I didn't vote for her, but, uh, but she ended up getting the, the Republican, uh, right. nominee. Now she's a, you know, a flat out, you know, Democrat and probably going to run as a Democrat governor here and next time around. And, um, and so, but then, uh, then we voted for, uh, I think that, I think those were the two in 16 and then in 18, 
we had the treasurer, secretary of state, and um, uh, auditor mm-hmm. up. And so I ran again in 18 for a delegate. And um, actually, you know what? That that was – I didn't run for that one. That one was appointed um, – the the party chairman in my – in my county, Laura Campbell appointed me to to be down there um, mm-hmm. for that one. So I think that was an appointment. So and that actually brings yeah. up a good point: is that oftentimes you'll have a situation in a lot of counties where there aren't enough people running yeah. for that delegate in space. And so what happens? And that's where county chairmen like myself have the authority to appoint to those open, open spots. spaces. And uh, and that that's. You know, that varies depending on the year. So in 2016, when Curtis ran, that that um, that was a very contested race for attorney general. So with that, a lot of people said, wait a minute, I want to go to this one because this is going to be drama. Drama. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> this is going to be drama. I want to go to that. So so lots of people signed up. In, um, you know, in other times there was, there, there wasn't. So uh, oftentimes, you, you know, well, all right. So chairman's going to have to point some people cause it's going to be kind of boring. We don't really, everyone's an incumbent. Those things happen at times. Um, but in the end of the day, the chairman has a lot of authority to appoint those people that they feel, um, would be the right ones for that, mm-hmm. for that position. Mm-hmm. And in some counties, chairman might actually have most of the votes, um, just because they can appoint who they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, Hamilton County has roughly between 90 and 100 delegates per se. I think Marion County has the most. Marion County has the most. Yeah. Um, Hamilton County is second. Okay. Uh, then Allen then County. Allen, Fort Wayne. And uh, then you kind of go down. Like Lake um, County. Yeah, Lake Evansville. County, you know. Um, yep. So you start to go through um, those counties real quick. Mm-hmm. But when you start to look at your... And I don't even want to say smaller counties, Hamilton County, Marion County, Lake and Allen are very, very large. You take those counties out for a moment and then suddenly you have a whole, you know, a a lot of counties like Morgan County that feel small if you're comparing them to Hamilton County. Mm -hmm. But when you're comparing them to some of the other counties, they're really not that small. And so suddenly you're looking at when you add up all of these numbers, it's 1,802 delegates. Mm. And so when you look at that, suddenly you realize, hmm, if I want to win this race, whatever race you're running for, for a convention, I've got to be all over the state. Yeah. I, sure, Hamilton and Marion are going to be, a, you know, be blocked. Collectively, they're going to be probably close to like 300 delegates. Right. Which, but, which is not 1,802. I was going to say, not that's, even not, half. that's not yeah. even half. Yeah. So you're, you quickly realize this is exactly kind of the concept that the founders had envisioned when it's, hey, we want to, we want to make sure the smaller swaths of people have a very powerful say in what goes on as well. And so we're seeing that play out right here, even in the delegate race where you, if you knew that Marion County and Hamilton County were the ones that you had to win in order to win the, the, the race for treasurer, you would never get to Morgan County or Monroe or Johnson or, you know, any of these smaller, any of these smaller counties, um, you would stay or Wells, you know, Wells County. I got a good friend Mm -hmm. who's the chairman up there. You'd never go there. But when you see a, uh, one of these maps where county by county, they show you red versus blue. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the vast amount of yeah. America is, Take Virginia. is red. Is, is yeah. red. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that is actually being counted. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about the delegates and, and who's winning countywide elections. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at that term flyover states that everybody uses, if if we only focused on those areas that were large, that were needed to win, say the presidency, the presidency, yeah. 
you would see, you know, oh, hey, all we need to do is worry about New York, California, um, Illinois, and Florida, and who there cares was a, about Indiana? There was a map actually that came out when it was t- when there was this debate on the electoral college, like getting rid of the electoral college. And if we got rid of the electoral college, you essentially would see candidates only needing to win. I think it was seven counties in America. Mm-hmm. If those candidates won those seven counties, they would win the presidency. Yep. And those That's, seven counties do not reflect most American. Yeah. Well, and yeah. go back to Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson thought the cities were cesspools. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's the word he used. Yeah. And he did. He was very much, you know, as, you know, America was very different at the time. But you know, it was an agrarian culture. You know, they they imagined far more people owning farms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And didn't want these big city centers where they felt mm-hmm. would easily influence, you know, in, influence people's way of thinking. To where they would forget their roots, forget where they came from. Well, and that was the battle in the in the whole fight over the ratification of the Constitution. You had Rhode Island and states like New Jersey who they held out. I think Rhode Island was the last one to ratify, and they didn't ratify until 1792. And it was the whole reason was because we were like, we don't want Virginia to tell us what to do as Rhode mm-hmm. Island. We're, and and they actually had to compromise. James Madison wasn't he wasn't going to put the Bill of Rights in. He was the father of the Constitution. He didn't think that we needed amendments. He just thought it was going to be the seven articles, but it was because Rhode Island said, we're not going to ratify this unless you give us a guarantee that you, the large state of Virginia, won't come in and usurp our authority as a smaller state. That's how we got, that's how we got the, the first 10 amendments uh, in, in the Constitution, which are the Bill of Rights, which are probably some of the most powerful, that's mm. probably some of the most powerful piece of that, of the Constitution right yeah. there, you know? So the, uh, that's, that's really neat that we kind of, we saw that from our founding and now we're seeing it even here in a delegate race in Indiana for an office like treasurer. It's just, it's fascinating to know, wow, this is, this is great that those fly so over. In many areas. ways, this is a, this is a vetting process for, you know, we, we have our government in the, in, in our, in the assemblies of God, you know, mm-hmm. we go to our, our, our councils and we have, uh, you know, each licensed and ordained minister can vote and for those that aren't, we, in order to make sure that we still have the laity involved, we have a delegate position and each church gets to have a delegate, right? So that we're not just having all clergy involved, but also business involved. We want our deacons to come and be a part of that. And that's by appointment that, or, you know, you can go into the board and the board select or whatever, but this is a process very, very similar to what we have in church government in the assemblies of God, you know, it, but you have to know the players. So it's funny. Cause I'll go to these, I'll go to the very same kind of, uh, you know, our, our district council and I'll sit there and I bring my staff and everybody leans down and go, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who do we vote for? Who do we vote for? Well, essentially, if you have a big staff, you could say, okay, there's 10 votes that we're going to put towards this guy because you guys don't know who you're talking about. By the way, that happened at the last district council. They'd be sending all the staff to be like, you're voting for this guy. Don't vote for this guy. If you vote for this guy, I'm going to be really ticked. You better vote for this guy. Well, okay, tyrant. But the the point is, is that if – if the if the people who make up your fellowship, the people who make up your gov- your, your 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 country, don't know who they're electing, you know somebody has to take the time. I'm not going to be the person ultimately is going to change policy, but I will do my job 
to make sure that we ask these people good questions to find out really what motivates them. Really, are they real Christians mm-hmm. or are they are they just people that 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 put that that monocle? You know, they're they're just gonna wear that name, but that's not really what makes their heart beat. That's what I want to know. I want to put people of the kingdom of God into government. And people say, well, you want to separate those things. No, I don't. No, I want people of God having these mm-hmm. positions because I, I want people that it's almost like they're not dying to 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 be in these positions. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they maybe see, maybe I really am the person that God would use here but I don't necessarily want it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to serve my countrymen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the principle, you know, servant leadership, it, it, that's what differentiates us. And, you know, how, how Paul the Apostle, I, I think it's Paul who, who talks about how, you know, well, maybe it's Jesus actually, you know, they, they lord it over. You know the Gentile leaders lord it over uh, the 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 people of their mm-hmm. of their empire, right? But we're supposed to serve with the spirit, where even our king says, "He that would be greatest," and he's talking about himself, would be the servant of all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the lowest possible position. I'm going to give my life for everybody else, and in the end. It's going to benefit every. I'm doing this out of sacrifice and service. Mm. You know, that's why we want Christian men and women in these positions. You know, you, you bring up, since this is Jesus, sex, and politics, I can bring this up. Um, you bring up. <laughs> Are you uh, going to talk about sex again? <laughs> just kidding. Anyway. You do have four kids. <laughs> the, when the Savior washed the feet of the apostles, he, he's the master. Yep. He's the leader. Yep. But he said, you know, and, and, the, and if you remember back in that time, the person who washed the feet of the people who came into, into a home, into, a, into somebody's home, those were the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. And Peter said, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. And, and, and the Savior said, no, you, you need to let me do this. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's called to serve, needs to have exactly what you said, that servant leadership. You need to realize, I am here to serve these people who have chosen me. But it also needs to be temporary. You also need to understand, I do this for a time. One of the things I loved about our founding fathers is they had this idea that they would go and serve in government And then they go back to their farms. Mm-hmm. That's right. Citizen legislature. Yeah. That's right. That's the way it's supposed yeah. to be. You know, now it's not that way now, but yeah. it's supposed to be that way. No, that's that's right. You know, uh, the the whole the whole principle of serving in government. You know, if if we really take a look at at Jesus as being, he's the focal point of. You know, people say that there were, our country was established by deists. There were a few deists. The vast, vast, vast majority of them were Christians mm-hmm. and and God-fearing, Bible-loving believers. And, you know, the whole mentality is Jesus came, I, I came not to, to be served, but to serve and give my life as ransom for many. Um, if you're going to be a Christian, you're supposed to take on the mentality of also be a servant. The king was a servant. We all serve one another. Serving is... The, the principle of the kingdom of God. And when you talk about, you know, term limits, which I love to hear you talk about, because 
our country would be way better mm-hmm. if we could mm-hmm. kick the pimples out of Washington mm-hmm. yes. by by means of of term limits. Call them pimples. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, you 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 squeeze them right out, right? Um, the <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> um, I just imagine whipped cream coming out of your mouth right now. Um, but but <laughs> um, but the the principle too is that whenever you go in to do it for a short period of time, and you're not you're not trying to you know keep power to yourself. Then you, then you, in most cases, you think you're, you're coming in. I'm not trying to win re-election. I don't care. I'm going to do the right thing because this is the right thing. It's not about me continuing to get a paycheck. And I don't understand why it is so many people go to Washington rather get- poor and they come out multi, 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 Nancy, Blue, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say that? Multi-millionaires, yeah. right? And, and, and it's because you, you didn't get that this was just for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And if you even look at, uh, I, I, I love history. And so I, I've read um, a lot about the rise and fall of Rome. And one of the things that they built in there was what we, what we would refer to as the dictator. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, there was this guy named Cincinnatus. And, and it's interesting because Washington once sat in the society of Cincinnatus. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it was the idea that Rome had gotten so corrupt, they were going to give dictatorial powers, which were only for six months. Hmm. You had six months, you could go in, do whatever was necessary to clean it all up and give the power back once again to the Republic. And Cincinnatus was this farmer and he did it. He went in, Dictatorial powers gave it back. Well, that in 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 all actuality is what happens with Washington. Washington, Washington, Mm -hmm. you know, wins the freedom of our nation, goes through the roughest stuff that he has to do. You know, goes through the Valley Forge, uh, and you know, I don't mean to take it away from anybody else. You know, all of our other founding fathers. But the question was, were we going to go from one King George to another King George? And George Washington comes back and goes, no. I'm giving it back. Well, that was unheard of in the world at their time. And so the world looks at George Washington as the greatest man alive Mm -hmm. because he could have had the kingship and he gave it back to the people. And that's why George Washington was the only one that they looked at and said, he has to be the president of the United States. It's unanimously decided. Mm -hmm. This guy, and just to what you said, he wanted to go back to Mount Vernon Mm -hmm. and and retire. He was was done. And once again, service to the country drew him in. Um, You know, I think that what you're talking about on term limits, man, we need— we need to talk that. We need to ask yes. for that. We need to beat you, that drum until until that becomes at least the Indiana way, mm-hmm. and 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 then and then we need to push that. In I, don't, I haven't told you this yet, Nathan, but uh, I just I just stepped into the chairmanship of the Indiana the Indiana chairman for U.S. term limits organization. So. So they, they oh, reached out. man, did I set you up. <laughs> I, I knew you didn't know. I was like, dude, you're, you're like, did you see my post earlier? No, you okay. post so many things. I can't keep up with you. <laughs> I don't think any of us can keep up with it. Right, yeah. Well, uh, so. Rob Kendall says, how, Micah, are you everywhere? 
all the time. There's he four of me. I, yeah, four of me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, He's got a cloning machine right. in his crawl space. There's uh, there's there's a triplets like it's the triplet back Micahs right, and so I we we all have this thing. Nobody knows about that's all multiplicity. Uh, that's Did right. Oh, that I movie? saw that with uh, Michael, Michael uh, Keaton. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I so I'm the chairman uh, in Indiana for the U.S. Term Limits Organization, and they've got a great strategy. They're about a if you go on Facebook, they've got almost a million followers. This is a unanimous, uh, bipartisan, both aisles. They people love the idea of congressional term limits for 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 federal. Now we're not talking about state or local. Mm-hmm. I, I think you don't need term limits when it comes to that. I think there's those people are in your community. You see them, you know them. That's and our fine. state constitution already actually has term limits in many spots. For instance, like the, the treasurer, the yeah. treasurer. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, imagine yeah. if one person were treasurer for a long time, the corruption and yes. problems that could happen. Right, right. But, so yep. you're right. Statewide, we have those things in place. Yep. And each state can kind of set their own rules. That's, you know, that's yeah. kind of what the founders said. Hey, listen, if you want to do that, states, go for it. But as far as federal is concerned, our senators are, are, and our reps, we're working, I'll be working with U.S. term limits to to make sure that our state will craft legislation to help to help push us into a Article 5 type situation, which would be a convention of states. And then hopefully, as it gets closer to that, the writing will be on the wall for our U.S. reps and our senators, and then they will take the ball themselves and say, hey, we don't want it to go to Article 5. We don't want it to go to a convention of states because then you'll be setting the parameters. We'll do it ourselves. We'll limit ourselves, and here are the parameters. So that's kind of the the strategies to get them to realize, okay, the tidal wave's coming of term limits. Let us be the ones to set the parameters on the term limits. And so we hopefully won't even have to go to a convention of states, but that's, but you got to get the state legislatures to sign on to that. I think right now we've got, uh, upwards of 18, I believe states that have already signed on to that legislation. So we're working with Indiana to help be one of the next states to, to say, Hey, we're going to, we'll, we'll back this and we'll be a part of that, that convention if, yeah. if necessary. So that's a whole nother constitutionality yeah. uh, aspect of it. Article five. And, but anyway, so back to the treasurer's race. Mm-hmm. So, so we got delegates We're uh, if you, if you're interested in running for a delegate, shoot us a direct message. Um, we need good conservative delegates to help pick the party players, the team. Okay. So then after the convention, let's just say you get the delegates mm-hmm. you win the convention race. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're treasurer at that point? Nope. Okay. So what do you got to do now from there? It's the good old fashioned, normal, what everyone's used to, general election. Okay. So uh, being the Republican nominee, then I'll have to get out there and work my tail off. The delegates, they just elect you to be their nominee. Right. Okay. So now you're coming out. And now the convention, just so you know, the parties have conventions. So the Democrats are having a convention themselves. The Libertarians are having a convention. They're going to pick their nominee. Mm -hmm. So let's just say Daniel Elliott is the nominee coming out of the convention mid-June of 2022. And then you're off to the normal campaigning against the other two. Against the Democrats and the Libertarians and Independents and whomever else decides to run. Okay. And from there, it's good old-fashioned what most people are used to campaigning. These cowboy boots I'm wearing will get worn out. I'll probably have to put soles in a couple different times, but (laughs) I'm used to that because uh, I've— I don't know anyone who's knocked more doors than me. I love to go knocking doors. I love to go talking to people. I will go into every part. I've already been going. I put in, since I announced in May, I've already put 27,000 miles on my pickup truck. Mm -hmm. So it will be a lot of work, but at the same time, 
that's when when you are asking for the confidence and the vote of of the people of Indiana, you got to be willing to put forth the, the work. And I have this philosophy as a county chairman. I've seen this many times. I've learned that how someone campaigns is exactly how they will run. That's good. Yeah. And that and how they were operating in that office. If they work hard, if they're focused on the average person, if they're focused on the needs of Hoosiers, then when they get into that office, they will do so. Now, if they kind of campaign from afar and kind of act like, well, you mean well, from their basement? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did that just come out? Well, you said it. So, or if, you know, if they just think, Hey, I don't really need to worry about this that much because I'm the guy. Well, then that means when they get in that office, they're going to act that way too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not You've me. Been, you know, uh, Nathan made a joke about, we had Rob Kendall and mock from WIBC a couple weeks ago. And they, uh, uh, <laughs> Rob said something about Mikey, you're everywhere. I am a lot of places, but I'm going to tell you, this guy, Daniel, is more everywhere, okay? He is all over the place because everywhere I go, I always see Daniel, and then he's going to all the things that I know I'm not at. So yeah. you've got Lincoln Days and Fall Dinners and Spring Dinners, and and you're, there's 92 counties in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Every county has a Lincoln Day. Every, Every county has a Lincoln that's Day. That's 92 Lincoln Days that you're going to. And if I'm just waiting for Lincoln Days to get elected, then I'm not working hard enough. Yesterday... I went down to Decatur County. There's only 12 delegates there. Doesn't matter. Went down to Decatur County, met with their with their delegates, talked to them um, at the, one of their meetings. But that doesn't matter. I will go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And that is, I will go talk to, if there's a delegate that, oh, wait a minute, he's on the list, but he hasn't been at this meeting. He didn't come to that Lincoln Day or he didn't come to that breakfast. I'll go to his house. And then you're calling Delegates calling in the delegates meantime. Counseling. So you're driving down to meetings. You're on the phone calling delegates. And you don't even know who the delegates are going to be. I do not. <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I've you been have doing idea. this for a while. I have, have an, an idea. idea. Yeah. And you, and there's a, and about 70% of the delegates have been delegates in the past. Yeah. So I'm reaching out to past delegates looking yeah. for their, for their support. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, usually what happens now, I'm, you can call me conservative or you can call me cheap, but uh, my daughter is my driver. Um, you know, she's college age. Uh, she works for me in, 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 at work as well. So that means she, she just has to ask her boss for time off. It's real easy. But the, uh, <laughs> but so I'm, so while she's driving me to Allen County, I'm on the phone talking to people, whether yeah, yeah. they be other county chairs, delegates, state reps, state senators, anyone who may be a delegate, because I'm not going to assume anything. And I don't assume just because I'm calling someone that they're going to vote for me. Yeah. And, you know, this this show, in some ways, it helps people understand what we have as a country, mm-hmm. right? I think America is awesome. You know, I, I, it, it, it's got its problems. It's still the best best show on, on earth as far as uh, from, a, from a government perspective. Um, but we want people to understand the process. That there's an old saying, and Mike, I've heard you say it a lot, and it's it's all all politics is local politics, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think a lot of times our eyes are all on the big stuff. We're neglecting the smaller stuff, but it's the smaller that feeds the bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so you know, from a from the average American that I, I you know and talk to people in my church, they're frustrated with the level of evil that they see in the world. They're frustrated with, you know, we're going through the book of Habakkuk right now as a, as a church. And part of what that Habakkuk. is, it's, it's Habakkuk. 
Okay, it's Habakkuk. <laughs> anyway, we're in America. You speak American, please. It's Habakkuk. Thank you. <laughs> but it's it's Hebrew, and so that's God's language. So I'm going with anyway. Him. Sorry, uh, you're outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you aren't delegate, so I win. <laughs> the 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 principle is is that the ones who are to do justice, the lawyers and the and the judges, when they are turning out their quote unquote justice. It's not actually real justice. Mm-hmm. The wicked have surrounded the righteous. And, and you know, the prophet looks at this and he goes, this, is this really God, what you wanted to happen? Like, this is, this is a mess. Why don't you fix this? And I think so many times we don't understand that, that the Lord has given dominion over this earth to us. And so God does fix things, but he fixes things through people mm-hmm. who will say, I want to be a part of, of making this as God would want it to be right. uh, in heaven, right? We want that same, those same principles to be enacted here on earth. And, and, and so this concept of, of knowing what they can do and understanding the process even being a delegate, put their name on something. If mm-hmm. they have a 75% chance of getting elected like Micah did, yeah. you know, then <laughs> then then just I can do something. I can mm-hmm. interview people. I can be able to tell per- I sat down with to to lunch with that particular person and I know they're the real deal. Like that is service to your fellow countrymen. And, and let me point something out to you. Um it, Again, the title of the podcast, I'm allowed to bring scriptures into this, so I'm going to. Um, the scriptures, how many times do we hear people say, well, that's another day, that's another time? That's not. The reason we have these scriptures, God gave these to us to let us, to warn us, to say, the, people haven't changed that much in thousands of years, to warn us of what to watch out for. And there is evil happening right here, right now. And we need to have people stand up to fix it, to try to solve it. I'm going to bring a case in point. And of course, I'm going to sound like I'm running for office, but hey, I am. Um, (laughs) Right now, the federal government wants to look in on everybody's bank transactions. Yeah, it's 600 bucks. So now they moved it up to a 10,000. It's it's okay if it's 10,000. So how much freedom are you willing to give away, right? Okay, so we just don't want to go after homeless people because homeless people have $600. We're just going to go after every family, every middle-class person, every business. Now, first off, I have a big problem with this because there's this little thing that we've talked about already today, the Constitution, and there's the Fourth Amendment. Mm -hmm. And if I had my money stored Mm -hmm. in a mattress, not that I would do that, but if I did, that's my business. Mm -hmm. That's right. If I have my information, if I'm buying something from you, that's my business. The assumption is you're hiding something. So we need to know that. Now, we're sitting here in Indianapolis. I imagine somewhere in Indianapolis, there's a few bad guys. How comfortable would people in Indianapolis be if somebody, if, if the police said, hey, look, we need to have the right to go into your home whenever we want to look for bad guys. Yeah. That's, that's where's, ridiculous. Where's the privacy? Yeah. There's, where, where, there, where's the, the protection of your assets, of your property? Now, here's what's scary. Do you realize in January, that already is starting. Here's how. If you use Venmo, mm-hmm. Square, PayPal, 
They're tracking all that. They're going to track that anything above $600. So that means your son in college, your son and daughter in college, or my son and daughter in college, if if I give them some money to help them pay for rent, or if they're splitting that rent with their roommates, that's getting tracked. That's insane. So what can you do as a treasurer to stop that? So two things. One, I can first off go out and say, look, we're going to actually, we're going to sue. We'll work with our attorney general. We're going to sue this federal government and say, you don't have the right to do that. I'm not, that's what we need to do. When we look at saying we're going to elect someone, it, it should not just be, are we going to elect someone because they're a guy, a good person, they're a nice person, but also are they willing to fight? You got to be willing to fight sometimes. And you did, you did that. Um, well, this is one of the reasons I, I respect you a ton, Daniel, and um, is I saw you in 2018 fight back on our own party when um, when our party chair, state party chairman, tried to remove the traditional marriage wording from the party platform in Indiana, basically saying, "Hey, we don't we don't believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. People can marry whoever they want. If you want to marry a a dog, you can go marry a dog. We're not going to be the arbiters of what's." right and wrong, right? And so that's what the Republicans leadership in Indiana, they were pushing for this removal of the gold standard, which is God's standard on marriage, on traditional marriage. And, you know, as delegate, I was a delegate, I I walk in and people are like, you're going to vote for it or against it? Like, what are you going to do? And I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was, I was clueless. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, they're, the party wants to remove traditional marriage from the party platform. And I'm like, in Indiana, like we should know that Strong families, biblically based, like the idea of a nuclear family around biblical values, which is one man, one woman, they create the strongest family, the strongest society possible. We've seen this. Stats back that up, all right? Doesn't mean we we say no one who is gay is allowed in the Republican Party. No, you're allowed to come into the party, but you're not going to you're not going to chip away at the gold standard of what we know to be true. And I didn't know what was going in, going on. And all of a sudden I see this, this incredibly big rally. We had Curtis Hill and, and delegates and people that were saying, we will not allow this to happen. Well, I jump in, I join in, like, yeah, absolutely. We're not going to allow this to happen. Well, come to find out it was because of the know-how and the fight of Daniel Elliott, who we have with us today, who found out early on in this process weeks prior that this was going to happen they were going to try to they were going to try to slide it through no one was going to know it was in there they were just going to take a overall yes or no vote on whether or not the platform was going to be accepted and we weren't we would have never known right it was just this shady maneuver that they were going to pull but because daniel found out about it he was like this ain't happening he rallied the troops got a lot of people on board it's we stopped it on the floor for the vote, and and to this day, we still believe— Thank goodness. Yes, we still believe that traditional— But that was because Daniel was well, willing to fight— thank you, Daniel, for doing that. For, for that. You know, so, we, need to, we need to not just, you know, it, it, we need to not just be fiscally conservative. We need to make sure that we are socially conservative. We need to make sure—because all you're basically saying is the way that God has set things up in good order, you are following that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. that's what conservatism <laughs> basically is. It's, it's This is good sense. This is good wisdom. This is good—you um, know, some people say common sense. Unfortunately, common sense isn't so common anymore. We need to make sure that we're fighting for the the things that God says and, 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 and our 
And, and if you're a part of the Republican Party or you're a part of the Democrat Party, you need to hold your own party, uh, you know, hold them to task, take them to task on this issue, hold them accountable, because if they get out of alignment with what God says is good for humanity over all these years, like you've said mm-hmm. before, Daniel, I mean, what we're talking about is just the nature of man. Mm-hmm. And and so this is – that's why the Bible is so relevant today because, because it's still dealing with the same heart issues that have always been there right. involved in men and, 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 and in women and humanity. So we – you know, going back and fighting for those things which God has said is – only going to benefit our fellow man, thinking that we can socially kind of experiment on people, that's going to end up in a disaster. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being on the front line on that particular fight, because if marriage falls, it's a house of cards. Everything else the starts The entire starts foundation of, of not just American society. We've talked a lot about the as they say, the American experiment. The, we've talked about our constitution, but you go beyond, this is beyond America, the foundation of society itself mm-hmm. is based on marriage. That's what right. is the core unit? Family. Now, again. It's the very first institution that God ever established. Before absolutely. he establishes nations or government, Excellent. he establishes yep. marriage. He does. And, there, and it was determined by the Lord. It's God's idea. No one has the right to redefine a word that mm-hmm. God has said. And if you do, you might think love is love. That is a lie. The Bible says God is love, mm-hmm. not love is love. And you can try to reformat and say, well, this is a family and that's not a family, but you don't you don't have more authority than the ancient of days. Mm-hmm. And when he says something, that is, it's, it's simple humility before God to say, I will not be on the wrong side of what God says. Blasphemy is de- is defined like this. If you say right, if you if you call right what God calls wrong, that's blasphemy. If you call wrong what God says is right, that's blasphemy. You're standing up for for truth. It's truth, not my truth, not your truth, just the truth. Right. It's God's truth. And you know, it's interesting. If you don't go along with that, you're going to end up like paternity Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg, who was on paternity leave for uh, a oh, uh, you mean two while months. All the ships in the <laughs> harbor. <laughs> He's, he has a baby. He has a, they adopt a child and, uh, you know, and they, he goes on paternity leave for two months uh, or however many weeks he was. And it's like, dude, you didn't do anything. Like, uh, and then they, uh, oh man, it was so stressful to have this child. And it's like, okay, really? Was it? Because you're a dude and the guy you're with is a dude. And last time I checked, you guys didn't have to really do much to push this baby out. So, uh, yeah, like I remember, <laughs> I remember we, I, took, I took three days to be with my, with my right, wife, right, right. uh, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, she had pushed out an eight pound, 11 ounce baby <laughs> and could barely walk. I think being there for her was a good idea. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, I know. And as a small business owner, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, when my nine-year-old was born, I I took three days off too. That's it. And then I had to get back to work. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. Hey, I think we as fathers, I will just say this because for me, family, I mentioned before we got started on this podcast, you know, come from 
a definitely disadvantaged background. So be for me, family is the gift that God gave me. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the amazing children I have. I don't deserve the amazing, amazing wife. I, I've done nothing to deserve that. But God blessed me and cared about me enough to give me that opportunity. And, uh, but at the same time, part of that opportunity, and maybe this is old fashioned, part of that opportunity is getting in there and working for my family. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm not going to talk about Pete. I'm going to talk about, you know, <laughs> what, what I'm doing wait, here. And you know, wait. what's funny, you talk about redefining and, and marriage has been redefined. And I, I will stand to till the day I die and beyond in, in defense of marriage, in defense of the unborn, a child is a child. You're yeah. a parent, you're a parent. Yeah. The day your children, you found out your wife was pregnant, it wasn't, there's something growing in her. Yeah. This isn't a tumor. No, this is it my was, son or daughter. This is, yeah. That's exactly I, knew, yeah. I, I knew my first one was going to be a, a girl. And I said, that's Sarah. Yeah, that's cool. So that was Sarah. Mm-hmm. That's a person. Yep. Yep. I'm not going to, our second amendment rights, mm-hmm. our, for, our fourth amendment rights, these are not mm-hmm. things to me, these are not given to us. By governments. Nope, by God. Thank you. Yep, by, by God. They, these are God-given rights. And we use that term so much that it kind of gets, you know, it's like a phrase. But take a second, analyze Powerful. the word. A gift from God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm going to, you know, if I have to, I, re- I remember at one point I was talking to my pastor and was struggling with the issue with the... um um convention, not struggling with my decision. I knew what I was going to do, but as somebody who's been involved in politics for a while, I was like, gosh, you know, I, I'm told this is going to ruin my political career. I'm just done. And he said something to me that was the most beautiful, simple thing. And he doesn't even realize how powerful this was. He said, so what you're saying is if this does ruin your political opportunities, then you'll have more time with your family and more time to serve a church. How's that a bad thing? <laughs> Oh, wow. Spoken like a true pastor who needs volunteers. <laughs> you know what? But he's not wrong. And, and, and because yeah. in the end of the day, when we are serving in government, we're serving God yeah. and we're just serving. Yeah. Yeah. And someday we need to understand, all right, I might be called to do this today. Tomorrow I'm mm-hmm. going to be called to do something else. And that's okay. Well, you know, my, my father's name is Daniel. Hmm? So I know what that name means. Right. Yes. And you know, it's you're 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 named after, biblically speaking, after the prophet Daniel, mm-hmm. who, you know, gets gets taken in, in in exile, probably emasculated, taken in, and becomes a one of the the eunuch ministers within the Babylonian Empire, and he was really good at what he did. Yeah. Right. And he excels. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are right there beside him. And they're excelling and they're better than everybody else in the mm-hmm. understanding, you know, coming out of their education within the King's Academy. And, you know, with all of these, um, with with all of these leaders, of course people are looking around and going, This guy is 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 doing better and better and better. He's gonna end up being placed into higher office and in different positions by the king. And and these guys were foremost among them. And they wouldn't take a back deal, you know, mm-hmm. a backroom deal. Yep. They they you they couldn't find corruption in Daniel. So they tried to destroy him. Mm-hmm. And 
And the question had to become, well, what am I going to do? If I, if I, if, am I going to, you know, allow my, my possible career position to be messed up, but I'm going to have to abide by this, this law of praying to the king, mm-hmm. you know? And then he just says, I'm not going to do anything different mm-hmm. than what I ever did. I'm going to pray three times a day facing towards Jerusalem. I'm going to do what I've always done. I don't necessarily want a leader who's checking and putting his, 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 his finger into the air in order to figure out which way the political winds are blowing. I want to elect people who know what they would do before the day comes. Mm-hmm. And then I just want them to have a spine and do those things. And, and he got thrown into the lion's den. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But he got saved from the lion's den too. Your, your, your life is in the Lord's hands. And, you know, ultimately Daniel means God is judge. We don't really, we shouldn't care so much about what people think of us. I know that that seems like in a, in a place where we need votes, but ultimately, I don't know, it's God judging what I'm doing as being correct. Ultimately, I answer to him. I love what Abraham Lincoln, uh, when he said, you know, hey, is God on our side? He says, that's not really the question. The question is whether I'm on God's side. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the, about the other. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. properly named for, yeah. for what you're doing. And I was actually named after that particular Daniel. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, it's, it, it's one of those things when we look at our, uh, when I look back, I was very blessed, um, but I wasn't supposed to be here. I was supposed to die when I was born and uh, I fought like crazy and I don't know any other way. Yeah. Amen. Well, I love that in a in a treasurer's race that you don't typically hear treasurers talking about, I am pro-life, I'm pro-traditional marriage, I'm pro-Second Amendment, I'm pro-liberty. We're going to tell the federal government to go pound sand if they're looking into our bank account. Like, I love that you're that type of treasurer or candidate, tr- maybe soon to be treasurer, you know, Lord willing. And uh, and I think it's, I think it, it speaks well of all of our servant leaders who are in office, if they have that MO, if they have that mindset, you know, I'm a fighter for liberty first and foremost. I'm going to defend liberty. I don't care if I'm a dog catcher or if I'm governor, mm. wherever I'm at, I'm going to defend what's right, defend liberty, and and I'll go down with the ship if I have to, but I'm not backing down. And so right. I see that in you, Daniel. I appreciate you being here today. It's been a fascinating time. Con- yeah, fascinating conversation. It's great to have you. Uh, run you. for delegate. If you're listening to this, run for delegate. Go and vote for Daniel. Yeah, and vote for Daniel. <laughs> hey, and, but can I tell yeah. you, make sure, if you're a young person, because we know we have we have, we have have uh, a lot of young people that like this show, mm-hmm. and I want to say this, if you're thinking about serving God by going into government and uh, make sure you learn the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Make sure you learn the scriptures. Uh, the Constitution, we want you to know that backward and forward. But you got to know about human nature. Mm-hmm. And the Bible teaches you that. Mm-hmm. Our founders wrote the Constitution the way they wrote it because they knew the weakness of man. Yep. And they, that's why it's still in operation all these years later. You must understand the word of God. So, so be in church. You think about running for gov- government someday? Be in church. Learn God's word. Read Amen. God's word. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. And we talk about all those things the culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. Hey, we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.